Welcome to Crime and Reason on TalkZone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Crime and Reason. I'm Leo Battenhausen. And I'm John Kelly. Good evening. Good evening, and uh, we have a, a very rare case John found to discuss today, and uh, this is the case of a Joanna Dennehy, correct, John? Absolutely, yeah. Joanna Dennehy, yep. This is a, a case you probably never heard about before, but should have heard about. It, it's unique in many, many ways, and... Uh, Fairly recent, when I think she was put into jail in England in 2013, John? That's correct, 2013, and I'll tell you what, you know, Leo, you brought it to my attention. You're actually the one who found this case, and this is rare. This is a very, very rare case. This is a 31-year-old female lust spree serial killer that is extremely rare i don't know of another i'm sure you know out there somewhere in the annals of crime there might be one but i have not heard of it i'll have to do more research on it um in most of these cases where you find these serial spree killers you know it's not as much about lust uh, as much as it is about the excitement with this woman, it was both. It was mm-hmm. less and excitement. And the bottom line is with most of these women that have been spree killers, they have been involved with, you know, men. What do you mean involved with men? Uh, usually it's a, you know, they call it the Bonnie and Clyde scenario. But I mean, you mean it, it, a, you, is it an accomplice? An accomplice? Yeah, okay. yeah. Usually they're the submissive, and the male is the dominant. Oh, okay, I got you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds more familiar, you know, in the yeah. world of crime. Yeah, and that's how the killing team is put together: the male's the dominant, the female's the submissive. So this was switched and, around. Well, this one's completely switched around. This uh, Joanna Dennehy here at 31 years old, is the dominant in the, ser- in the serial killing team, uh, again, being a lust spree serial killer. And she was able to recruit a team of men to follow her around, kind of like a Charlie Manson, only a female Charlie Manson, uh, situation where she's able to, for whatever reason, you know, uh, have these guys follow her like they they were in like some kind of trance because they were getting no money out of it or anything. There was there was no financial uh, gain for them in any of this. Do you think she was having sex with them? I think that could have been part of it. I think that could have been a big part of it. Okay. But I think somehow too. She enticed them into just the excitement of it all. I mean, the whole thing is pretty strange. Guaranteed, there's going to be movies on this. Well, then, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there will. Guaranteed. I mean, this woman, 
like I said, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of a kind, you know? Well, you call and, her a serial, spree, a serial spree killer. Is yeah. That, what, what is that? Can you explain to the listeners and to me what a serial spree killer, what's the difference between a serial spree killer and like a serial killer? Well, a, a serial killer will kill usually two. The FBI has now brought it down to approximately two people over a certain period of time. It's usually and always been three people in a similar manner over a period of time. A spree killer is usually someone that kills people quicker in a shorter uh, time span, a shorter time period. Okay. And this gal is, and of course, both serial because she's killed over two in a similar fashion with the uh, knife. She stabbed him to death. And uh, she's also a spree killer because she was moving so quickly. I mean, she killed these people probably within a week, less now, than yeah, a week. I guess she really loved what she was doing, and she had to get more of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, she, she absolutely had to get more of it. I mean, uh, this lady was like, you know, out of her mind. She, she calls up this one fellow by the name of uh, Slabazuski, a this Polish... Was the- the first victim we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it is okay. the first victim, this Polish national. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she talks to him about having sex with him on the phone, would like to share some, some drink and drugs with him. Yeah. And again, we got a lot of this information from the Guardian newspaper, great reporting here. So this guy goes over to her flat to see her. He no sooner walks into the flat and she stabs him in the heart and kills him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. with a pocket knife. With a pocket yeah, knife. yeah, I know that. I know that. She used that pocket knife for all the killings, didn't she? Yeah. A pocket yeah. knife. A pocket knife, okay? Guns, guns are hard to come by in, uh, in Europe, you know. I don't Very think. hard to come yeah. by. So they don't she, get what they need. She launched a very savage attack on this guy. He thought he was going to have some fun, a little sexual excitement, some drugs, some drink, and he ended up getting a knife to his heart. She stabbed him right in the heart continuously. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't she say, or she was quoted as saying she wanted to see if she was as cold as she felt? As in, this why one of the reasons she did it and what it was like to kill. She wanted to feel that. I, you know, I've heard that. I've heard that claim before from other killers. They want to see how it feels like to kill. Yeah. Yeah. And and we've talked a little bit about that with Gary Ridgeway. Yes. Where he yes. stabbed the young boy early on when, uh, when he was about 11 and this young boy was like about five or six. And, uh, when asked later on after Gary Ridgeway, who was the Green River killer got captured, he said he just wanted to feel what it was like to kill someone. Now this woman here is no different. She, uh, as you said, wanted to see if she was as cold and calculating as she thought she was. And, you know, she ended up uh, saying, yep, it definitely wasn't, uh, you know, any problem whatsoever uh, to turn around and to kill these people. It was kind of like going for a Sunday roast. Now, what that means over in England, I don't know. But uh, I guess it's like a day at the beach, if you will. I mean, yeah, it didn't like, bother her at all. It didn't bother her at all, you know. So let me get the story straight. They, this, she killed three men, correct? Now, three men within a week, 
perhaps, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, they, she knew the first Probably one. Probably four to five days, but go ahead. Okay, she knew the first one. She worked with him, I think. Right. Right, um, the one you just mentioned. And I, yeah. I don't know about the other two where she drummed them up from, but these poor guys, one of them, she buried in a dress or, or threw away, but made him wear a dress. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll okay, get we're him. getting there. Mm-hmm. The second guy is her housemate, a guy by the name of John Chapman. Mm-hmm. And he was her landlord and supposed boss. Okay. Okay. So she turns around and she, uh, you know, stabs the hell out of him too. She got him alone and stabbed the hell out of him. And now she's got, uh, two bodies. And uh, then finally, the third man is a man by the name of Lee, who supposedly owed her money and didn't pay her and was angry with her over the way she talked to one of his uh, his friends. So he went over to have a good talking with her and, uh, you know, she stabbed the hell out of him. Now, what she did... She killed him, too, as well. They were all stabbed in the heart. What she did with Slobozewski and Chapman, she had one of her accomplices, a seven-foot-three-inch guy by the name of Stretch. No kidding. Stretch. Yeah, yeah. Stretch. It's not a stretch. It is seven-foot-three. Takes Chapman seven and Slobozewski. Huh? Ooh. I'm seven foot three. Seven foot three, Lurch. Gosh, I this, play this, this guy makes Lurch look like uh, a dwarf. Okay? I could play basketball or something. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Find an easier way to make a buck. You think? So, yeah. So he, ha- he, he, Lurch takes these two guys, the Slubzluski and this Chapman, and throws them in a ditch. Okay. Right, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Now we move on to this Mr. Lee who shows up a couple days later, has an argument with her. Well, she gets so mad at him, she not only butchers him, again with this pocket knife, which yeah. is amazing to me. You know, uh, and, you know, uh, with this guy, they take him and his car, they put him in another ditch. And they light him on fire, uh, and they light his car on fire. And when the farmer found the body, it seemed that uh, after they murdered him, they exposed his buttocks and put a dress on it. So they posed him in a very humiliating and shameful manner. She's quoted, John. She was quoted as saying, I did put him in a dress. It was humiliation, pure and simple. There was nothing sexual about it. She said that to the the court or the police, one or the other. (laughs) Now, see, I believe that. I believe that she hated this guy so much, Mm -hmm. she wasn't satisfied with murdering him. You know, that wasn't enough punishment. Right, obviously. his remains were found... She wanted to humiliate him and send a message maybe to his family. That's a terrible, you know, that's, that's terrible and torturous for a family uh, to see or hear something like that along with the death. The death is bad enough, but then when the person's posed and humiliated and shamed in public, I mean, that, yeah. that's horrible. But this is how sick 
this girl is. This girl is extremely, extremely insane. There's yeah, no gonna, question about it. I'm going to get inside this woman's head, you know, like angry. I don't, we don't know much about how she grew up. I think her, she claimed her father abused her or something, correct? I know we know that, but we don't know if that's true. And didn't she claim she killed the father, but that was proven untrue? Exactly. He's but a liar. Guy. Yeah. So she's yeah. the, she's a, a pathological liar, uh, evil beyond belief, a killer, manipulative, sociopathic, uh, this head of hers. And the, I have to think if she was stabbing men with, with a pocket knife, Lurch was holding on to these guys to help her. I mean, she could, I don't believe she could have done this alone. You know, a man can overpower a woman with a pocket knife. True or false? I mean, come on. Really? Well, this is exactly what happened in the end, and this is how she got caught. So I have to believe that somebody was holding on to these guys while she was going to town on them with the knife and stabbing and ripping. I, I, I truly, I truly believe that right now these guys are pretty much charged with uh, body disposal in one form or another. But I I think we're looking at more here, and I think uh, more might be revealed. You know, they said that that pocket knife of hers was so stained with dried blood, black dried blood, that it just Ugh. she just started to smell and permeate. She, she permeated a room of blood. Yeah, when, they know, caught, she, when they caught her, she, they said the report said she's reeked of blood. Right. So, oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah didn't yeah. she try yeah. to kill? I didn't even get to this, but there was two more attempted murders after right. the three. So exactly. She, still, she was moving on. Yeah. She drove about 140 miles to uh, another part of England. And uh, that's when she started to. Uh, go after, uh, two men in the street, uh, walking their dogs in broad daylight, just jumped out in a frenzy and attacked them and started stabbing them. One of her accomplices said it reminded him of the shower scene in Psycho, wow. where she was just stabbing away at this poor man, uh, at his back while he was walking his dog. He got help from some other pedestrian that was walking by and was able to fend her off. And now the cops were on the lookout for her. And then she did it again. There was another guy walking her dog, walking his dog, and she jumped on him. And she started doing the same thing to him. She started stabbing away, you know, and this guy was able to fend her off. So obviously her accomplices didn't jump in there, probably because it was out in the open, broad daylight. Yeah, you know. Well, there was I mean, other information too, John. I, I read that she, uh, the, the the three murders she committed, she was not under the influence of any drugs or alcohol. But the last two, she was drunk, which may have affected her abilities at the time to perform her craft. Correct. I mean, if she yeah, was that drunk, would do it. That, that would, would do it. it. That would so, do it, yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think that makes sense because here, you know, two failed attempts. She was off her game. She was drunk and intoxicated, and maybe Lurch wasn't in the, lur- in the Lurch behind her, you know, helping her out. Maybe they were, like, uh, staying away from the nutcase at that time. Well, sure, if she's drinking, it's going to inhibit her, 
okay, and it's going to slow down because it's a strong central nervous system depressant, and if she was doing any drugs on top of that, but who knows. I mean, it's going to, uh, you know, stagger her reflexes. It's going to slow her down, okay? Yeah. And I, I think that had a lot to do with this. I also think you're absolutely right. The booze caused her to act out in a haphazard, extremely stupid way in broad daylight in a public area. Well, yeah, right. You know, the stupidity that comes out when people drink is obvious. And here this girl is clearly not the brightest light on Broadway to begin with. Right. And uh, she let the booze and alcohol take her over where she felt invincible, I guess. And wanted well, more pleasure. Happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. And this was all about, you know, police are going crazy looking for a motive. We'll get back to the motive later because I think the audience is going to find it interesting. Um, but where she finally gets arrested is 140 miles away from where she started. She got arrested in here, H-E-R-E, Ford, England. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when she was arrested, you know, again, the cops were amazed at how stained the blade was. So, is you know, she a, po- a pocket knife, how stained the blade yeah. But she must have been in the same clothes too, right? Because she reeked of blood. I, I, I don't know where the, was that smell all coming from the knife. It had to you be know, on her. I, I'll tell you, I don't, I, I don't have any evidence that she was in the same clothes. But I got to tell you that somebody like this is so caught up in their addiction, and and her addiction is the excitement. You know, the excitement and. And plus the addiction of alcohol and other drugs. I mean, Leo, you and I have seen many alcoholics and drug addicts stay in the same clothes. So, I mean, that's a good question. It well, could be that, true. or it could, it could be, you know, the stench from the blood stained knife. I mean, it had a lot of blood on it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it could be her jacket. It could, who knows what it was, but yeah. in any case, it's, it's macabre. It's this, yeah. it's just unbelievable and unthinkable. That she's walking around reeking of dried, rotten blood, and there is no smell like that. Ugh. Yeah, the news here, the news here is uh, this type of animal. I'm going to call her an animal. Uh, I wish I'm you kinda, would, John. I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> call her a monster, please. Demon. demon. This type okay. of demon. I'll okay. take that. Yeah, this type of demon uh, is focused on deriving sexual pleasure from seeing others suffer. When she was in prison, she did a certain amount of time in prison. They didn't give it exactly, but this wasn't her first uh, trip to prison. She's been in prison on a number of occasions for burglary, theft, uh, assault and battery, uh, breaking an entry. I mean, so she's... She's been institutionalized. She knows her way around in prison. And now she escalates coming out of prison. She's not rehabilitated anyway. She escalates to murder. And, and this, all this murdering is, you know, focused on, uh, getting gratification from other people, uh, in severe pain and torment. While she was in prison, they did a psych eval on her. And it showed that she suffered from 
antisocial personality disorder, which we picked up right away. Of course. But also from paraphilia, uh, they said she had a, a fetish for sadomasochism. And, um, you know, wow. that's deriving pain from others and sometimes, I guess, from yourself. But she's a real sick cadet here. Well, no doubt about it, John. And on that note, we're going to take a break. But we're talking about Joanna Dennehy, folks, one of only three women that's in jail for life in in England. And a, and a bizarre, extreme, rare case. We'll be right back after these short messages. Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties, with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. By the year 2020, depression will be the world's second highest diagnosed medical condition in the world following heart disease. Millions of people are suffering with depression and sadness. People ask, is depression treatable? What's causing this epidemic and what can we do about it? Psychotherapist Leo J. Battenhausen's book, Defeating Depression, The Calm and Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction, has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. He's a licensed clinical social worker and clinical alcohol and drug counsellor. Leo J. Battenhausen shows people how to identify, address and overcome common misconceptions about life that cause many to live in misery. The book that has a five-star rating on Amazon.com is filled with priceless information to quickly bring the reader into a brighter frame of mind and assist in enjoying life to its fullest. Defeating Depression, the common sense way to find happiness and satisfaction by Leo J. Battenhausen. Available at select bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It will change your life. Bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Good evening again, everybody. Uh, we're back on Crime and Reason. I'm Leo Battenhausen, here with John Kelly, and we're discussing Joanna Dennehy. And we were just discussing the diagnosis she got while she was incarcerated in jail for the murder of three people. What was it, John? Antisocial personality mm-hmm. disorder. Well, no joke there. And also, uh, we're looking at... Uh, paraphilia suffering from a sadomasochistic fetish in which for our audience that doesn't know is a person who derives great pleasure and excitement, uh, sexual pleasure and uh, sexual excitement out of seeing another person suffer and even maybe, uh, you know, torturing themselves a little at the same time. 
But she really, she, she, as far as I'm concerned, you know, she was a complete psychopath that got her jollies off hurting others and torturing others. Yeah, and you wonder, like, what she's done that led up to this, how many people she's hurt in other ways, maybe not killed them, but this, this girl was just a bad seed, man. What ever caused this mind? And I'd love to get into her head and think this is how she has to have her fun. You know, have and get her satisfaction. No thought or no care, no empathy. She told the cops when she first got arrested, yeah, well, I did it. It could be worse, though. I could be fat. I could be black and ugly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, huh? it, 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 she's cold, callous. She doesn't, you know, life means nothing to her. She, it's all about her. She. How do I look? Do I look okay? I'm not mm-hmm. fat. I'm not ugly. I don't care if I killed people. Yeah, it's very, like I said, a demon. She is evil. She's, she's, she is like the demon seed. Now, I would love to know what her childhood was like. Yeah, we gotta find that out. We gotta try and find that out because that, that's, there has gotta be. We, we know there's always, always information there. There's always various, uh, warning signs and risk factors and, I mean, this girl is just a uh, uh, a serial killer in a way waiting to happen. However, you know, you mentioned she's one of three in England. The other two, uh, one is called Rose West, and the other one is Myra Hindley. Oh, you found now, them, huh? Yeah, I found them. These now, now these women, these women, are definitely serial killers. Oh, really? But yeah, I mean they're murderers and and uh-huh. using whatever to kill, poison, whatever, helping a male out. But they are not in the same league with this girl. This girl is kind of like the uh BTK, mind torture kill. Yeah. He got he got his sexual excitement and gratification from watching others suffer before he killed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, um BTK is a serial killer from Wichita, Kansas. Um he has uh, 10 murders that we know of that he pleaded out to, who knows who else he killed. In fact, who knows who else this girl killed that nobody knows. Well, we don't know. That's right. That's what I was alluding to before. We don't really know where she's been. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Gary or Jerry Burdos, uh a very very uh violent uh sadistic serial killer very similar uh you know got all his sexual excitement and gratification from torturing and killing and his fetish was feet and shoes <laughs> he had a foot fetish so he liked to collect shoes from his victims and he cut off some of their feet okay so, you know, with you, with these people, you usually find a fetish, but it is extremely rare, and she may be the first uh, dominant, not submissive, but dominant female spree serial killer, spree lust serial killer in history. Well, now, she don't may you, be. She may very well be. I, I don't know of another one. She, she, well, yes, she, you she, would know, John. I mean, no, you you know this these serial killers inside now. And if you don't never heard of one, I have to believe there most likely is not. But do you think 
she knows this, and this is part of her motivation too to become the first and most famous. I mean, there's always an element of that, you know, grandiose. They want publicity, they want fame. But you think she's had any signs of that in doing this, or do you think she just was completely unaware of it and just doing her own thing because she wanted to? I think she was unaware of the classification. Uh, a murderer that she would fall into. Uh, I think she realized that she would be notorious because she referred to her and Stretch as Bonnie and Clyde. Ah. Um, so I think, I think that, you know, she definitely, uh, was not aware of exactly how infamous and one of a kind she was going to be, but I will tell you, I will tell you that, um, you know, she was looking for some fame as well. You have to understand, when we start to break this down, we have to start with dominant, okay? Because this is very important. She's mm-hmm. not the submissive in the, in the, in the killing duo or the right. killing couple. Mm-hmm. She's the dominant. These guys are listening to her like women follow Charlie Manson. Yeah. Number number two, she is a lust spree serial killer. Lust wanting to derive some kind of sexual pleasure from the pain and suffering of these other people. But let me just clarify. You're saying she gets the sexual pleasure and pain from watching the suffering, causing the suffering, without actually inducing any type of sexual activity. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. This is all she's feeling like having sex by killing. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. She's getting her cookies off. Wow. With the murder and the torture and the fear that she puts these people through. See, that's that's that body that mind is not functioning. You know, with with, uh, uh, as other minds function. How the hell do you get sexual pleasure out of? stabbing somebody to death and watching them suffer. That's just beyond beyond our thinking. It's it's it? beyond our comprehension. However, Absolutely. However, what we've seen over the years is that victims of men, I'll go to another serial killer for a second. Eileen Warnos was a serial killer out of Florida. She was executed uh, in Florida, I think, maybe four years ago, five years ago. She right. killed a number of men. Okay. Well, she was a serial killer, but she was not a lust serial killer. She wasn't getting sexual gratification. She was, you know, getting money in cars after she killed these guys, stealing their yeah. cars, taking their money. But Eileen Warnos, who was very famous in the movie Monster, okay, yeah. Um, and, and we, and, 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 uh, I, I don't, it wasn't movie. It didn't win best movie, but it was up for best movie. I remember that. But anyway, Eileen Warnos, you know, was a different kind of ser- female serial killer. She wasn't getting all the sexual stimulation and pleasure from watching these men suffer. She shot them and that was it. And she took their belongings and cash and left. This woman here, is very focused on having this this uh, domination over men and making them suffer. If you know, all her victims here were men. 
But getting back to the question, what could make somebody like this? Well, what made Eileen Warnos the way she was? We know she was severely sexually abused as a child. So yeah, somebody, yeah. when when it, when a young girl is extremely sexually abused and she sees her abuser getting a lot of sexual gratification and pleasure from abusing her, this could do something to the psyche where she turns on men and she's getting a lot of sexual stimulation from uh, torturing and killing men later on in life. I mean, I, that's just one possible answer. Right. Well, I know she yeah. just hated men. I mean, really. She but, hated. But she hated, hated men. Um, hated and, and wanted them so, to suffer. Right. So uh, innocent men paid the price for the one monster, real monster in her life that was probably her father that took advantage of her growing up and sexually abusing her over and over again. And if, if something if, flips that trigger in that's right. Heads, that's and right. That's, and what what usually ha- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Lee. No, that's all I don't want to say. That that has to be the 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 thing with her anyway. But what flipped this the Joanna Dennehy's switch, you know, where this girl getting sexual satisfaction out of killing men with you know, stabbing them to death which just we have to find out more about her growing up. But don't you think, and I, I mean, rare to say the least as cases, as women, how many, I mean, there are only a handful really of women serial killers, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not normally the, the ones that are, uh, you know, found and responsible for serial killing. Yeah, right? we have so, more than a handful, but it's usually not a female. Right. Okay. Usually not a female. So, you know, and then again, is, I have to wonder, are some people just born evil? You know, are they just born that way? (laughs) Here's where I'm going. Again, we're getting back to nature and nurture. Okay, so we're back to this point. But one thing I found in researching and interviewing the various serial killers that I have over the years is that there seems to be a... Uh, crossing of the wiring in their brain at a certain age, the wiring in the brain becomes extremely screwed up for some reason. In other words, instead of having a loving, nurturing sexual relationship with the man and getting gratification from it, her wiring has been crisscrossed in her brain by whatever nature or nurture and has set her up to have a fetish for enjoying sexual pleasure from uh, mutilating and stabbing yeah. men to death, mm-hmm. stabbing men to death. With the, with an element of, like you mentioned, compared her to like a Charlie Manson, but with the element of like a cult leader too. She yeah, was very yeah, influential yeah. getting these yeah. guys. This is Stretch Armstrong, whatever his name is. By the way, I read that he, um, Gary Richards, so it's Stretch, aka Lurch, while he was serving another jail term back in 2009, he was accused of playing a part in killing another inmate at the, uh, at the HMP in Peterborough, England jail. There you so, go. Yeah, no, he's, this is old hat to him, I guess. Eh, he had experience. He got the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. he, yeah, yeah, you know, this guy is some character. They, they had to, had to find a way to transport these bodies to dump them. Mm-hmm. So what they turned around and did is they bought a van and he quickly renamed the van the hearse. 
from so i mean this guy was on board and this guy i think was really infatuated with uh you know joanna was really in love with her and she'd give him a kiss every now and then kind of say older job yeah good job way to go you know she kept him on a leash in other words, she kept him on a leash because she she couldn't pick up these men and haul them away and tr- throw them in a van and oh, transport no. them and then dump them. She had to have a bigger, stronger guy. So she played this uh, this stretch like a limo. No, no pun intended. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, Excellent. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, yeah, he, he has like, three kids. Yeah. How scary is that? This guy's got three kids from his past girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm always at that nature versus nature versus nurture argument is more and more on the sea of these types of people. I just have to start wondering, um, you know, what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back and finish up our story here about Joanna Dennehy. Stick okay, around. We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath us right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksAndMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Hi, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. We're getting back to Crime and Reason on Joanna Dennehy. And my focus is on motive because the cops are still kind of shaking their heads and saying, well, what the heck did she do this for? Now, see, that drives me crazy in a way. Why is that? Because there's three reasons she did this. Pleasure. Pleasure and pleasure. I mean, this is why this woman was doing this, because she was getting all kinds of excitement out of it. And the bottom line was that she was enjoying it. You know, that's the bottom line. She enjoyed controlling these guys like a Charlie Manson. She enjoyed killing and torturing these men like a BTK or, uh, you know, Jerry, a Jerry, uh, Jerry Warnos, I'm sorry. I have that, I have that off here. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, she just, uh, enjoyed this. It was strictly for her pleasure. She got high. She got high from stalking men and killing them. And then the excitement of having her minions. I won't call them her crew or her helpers or her accomplices. I said she was like a demon in the beginning. 
And I believe these guys that were following her uh, and that she had power over were nothing more than her minions, just like Charlie Manson's minions. Let me tell you something, Johnny, bringing up that she was having such a good time with this. A former cellmate of hers, uh, of Dennehy's, her name was uh, Gillian Page, right? Um, yeah. Page, Page said that um, when Dennehy was excited when she saw a police television appeal for information about them after the killings, after they found the body. Dennehy was jumping around in excitement and joy, said Page. Jo- Joe is ecstatic about it, she said. Ecstatic about it. You oh, know, yeah, because she had become famous, too. Go ahead, yeah. That's that's when she compared herself to Bonnie and the two of them to Bonnie and Clyde, knowing she'd be going away to jail for a quote-unquote long time. I don't know if England life in prison means life in prison. I don't know if that's the truth over there. You know, they're a little different than we are. They say life in prison, and it can mean 20 years. I don't know if you're familiar with the legal system in Europe or not, but I hope it's life in prison. This woman is not to be trusted. You know, we'll see more of the same. She'll never get rid, never get better. You know, personalities like that we know never get cured. There's no treatment except for jail and a locked door. You know, these- and you know what, Leo? She's had many years in a prison in locked doors with locked doors. And yeah. it's, done not- it's done nothing for her except make her worse. When she got out of prison is when she started this murderous rampage and started these the, the spree killings. Um, so I think she has to go back to prison and never be allowed out because if she gets out and she reoffends, that means some guys they're going to die somewhere. Exactly, and you know that's going to happen. She will reoffend. She's young. You know, not that that really means anything. I mean, what do we know about the oldest serial killer in the world, male or female? Do you know? I mean, I guess they could go at any age. Well, you know, the question is, um, you know, where can you go with that? I mean, there's, there's, you know, you, there's yeah, you so many different you. subtypes of serial killers. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, That's a broad but question. But what we're seeing is we're seeing more and more younger serial uh, rapists that turn into serial killers, that's kind of blowing my mind because they're getting younger and younger. I don't know how old the oldest is, but I could, yeah. I could give you an answer. I don't, I couldn't tell you who, what the youngest is either because they're getting younger and younger. Well, that is not, is, that is not a sign of the times. That is a sign of, of media. That is a sign of technology. That's a sign of our moral decay and the way kids are being raised. Kids today at nine, eight or nine years old were watching porn and having sex. Correct? I mean, these kids are effed up, you know, and they don't really have a chance. And we're doing this to them. That's why they're getting younger and younger. I Leo, think- in your book, Social Side, you're pretty much describing how kids today are becoming desensitized. To sex and violence. Yes, absolutely. They're becoming desensitized to it. So it's not going to be a real stretch uh, <laughs> of the imagination mm-hmm. to realize we're probably going to have more serial rapists and serial murders coming down the pike in the very near future. 
And with that desensitization, John, is coming the, the me, 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 the, the narcissism explosion of how everything, how I am the best in everything I do and I am, I have to get what I want. I don't care. I need, I don't need to care about other people. You know, this is, this is the mentality that's being breeded, you know, today, in today's world. And without, you know, without that empathy, yes, we're going to see more serial killers, more serial rapists, just more general bastard people mean people and uh, that's why they're getting younger and younger because when you, you know well how you know, when you're young and you're desensitized at such a young age to uh, what's right and what's wrong and you know the mind is still developing who knows what kind of wires get crossed in the brain when a, a nine-year-old's watching pornography you know or their their mother or father is, is watching pornography or whatever the hell else is going on in the house so these kids are not prepared for that, you know, and you could say, oh, it's not the movies or the video games. But let me tell you, those are the common denominators. They're just two of them anyway that I mentioned in social side. And it's got to have something to do with it because we've never seen anything like this in the world today. Yeah, and, 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 and when you talk about desensitizing someone, I mean, you talk about the sex thing. When you got these younger kids, you know, sexing back sexting back and forth and sending these explicit sexual pictures of themselves back and forth at a very young age. And as you said, the brain is forming and will be forming until you're approximately 24 years old. Right. I mean, what you're doing is desensitizing everything. Yes. I mean, you're just, you're just, it's just, it's, it's not a mystery anymore. I mean, it's just, oh, well, that's old. What's new? I mean, it just, you know, you, you've just become overwhelmed with uh, sexual exploitation. It just becomes a part of the culture along with uh, a lot of video uh, violence. Exactly. That, uh, you know, has been used to desensitize soldiers. So, And if they want, they're getting this, this stimulation from... From uh, technology via video games or the internet, what have you, and you know what's the next big thrill then? Once you're, <laughs> once you've had all your thrills uh, of killing people and raping people, uh, you know, in your mind, in a in a in a cyber world, I want the real thing now. You know, I got to feed this thing. I need more. I want the, you know, and I think that's a big part of what's happening now. That's when the line crosses from fantasy to reality and they don't care. These kids will do it because they think they can and they're entitled to it. And even if it means another person's life. And this woman is no exception. She was, she was 31 back then. She's a, she's a product of this generation. She grew up with all this crap. You know, we don't know a lot about how she grew up, but she was exposed. She was using text messages and things, and I think pictures to lure that first guy to her. Absolutely, first, first murder. So you know, here yeah. we go. You know, she is one of those uh, millennials, and I mean, she's an extreme detached case, detached, desensitized, dehumanized. And just, you know, here we go. So who knows what's what's coming? This was only a couple of years ago. We don't even know what's going on now or what we'll see as the years go on. Now, and she knew she was going to get caught. She knew she was going to get caught. And she didn't care. She just wanted to stay on that killing spree and continue to kill and torture men, you know, with this pocket knife she had. And she would have continued. If they did not arrest her, 
If she went on for another two months, she would have killed more men in that two months. She knew what her end was. And she mm-hmm. knew the worst she was going to get was life in prison. She pretty much alluded to that. Okay. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. But what she wanted was fame. Okay. And that's what you talk about too in the book, you know, with all the selfies and everything else, how fame can be so seductive. So when you have fame as an addiction, along with all these other disorders, you know, and you have this fetish for murder and mayhem, uh, I mean, you know, where are you headed? Well, that's it. And, and we want to have it. And we feel that these people feel entitled to it. Like I said, no matter what it takes, you know, and um, it was, we will see more of that. And listen, you know what? I'm, I don't know if we have more on her, John. Cause I wanted to say something about how Stretch summed her up. Uh, yeah, no, no, go ahead, and if you jog my memory, I'll bring it up. Well, Stretch said, you know, he's the one, you know, we're, we're sitting here trying to get inside her head. This is what old, old Stretch said. Well, she's just that way. You know what I mean? She's just <laughs> off, she's just <laughs> off her head. Yeah. You think, <laughs> do you think this is today's society? And, uh, the, and maybe she is the first of her kind, but uh, she won't be the last of her kind. And I'd have to believe that, you know, the women now will become more uh, present in, 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 in these crimes and responsible for massive murderings. It's really, really sick. We need to, we need to wake up. We need to wake up is right. And, you know, Stretch can say, oh, she's just that way and she's out of her mind and blah, blah, blah. But how dumb is he and how much out of his mind is he to follow her when well, he has yeah. a wife and kids? Yeah, I don't want to take his diagnosis as uh, yeah. What's wrong with his brain? I go with a big, big grain of salt. <laughs> oh wow, man! I gotta tell you why mm-hmm. this guy, this guy. Though, well, the three of them, these three guys, were definitely out of their minds for falling in line and following her. Well, absolutely. So, so you have to ask yourself, what was the attraction? Was she, you know, giving them all sexual favors? That was denied. It was denied there was any sex now that I'm looking at this, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. They had to be, or they had to be getting something off of this girl. They had to be. I mean, drugs? She wasn't a drug. Were they getting free drugs from her? Drugs. I don't, I don't believe that there was no sex involved. I I have to believe that was, had to be in there. There were older men. Here's this, you know, younger girl. You know, it's the old story. And this is as old as age. Older man, younger girl, do what you want. I'll, I'll get what I want. You know, so they were, they played, uh, she, she played them like a fiddle. She sure did. She and, played them like a fiddle. And I got to tell you what, <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I, like I said, this is, uh, this is one of the, uh, one of the rarest demons, uh, that I've run into. Um, you know, cause these guys are all going to do time in jail. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. They're not going to get life like she got because they've all pretty much been charged with disposing of the bodies, but not killing uh, any of the people. Um, but she was a master manipulator. I mean, you got to give her credit for that. And she is going to be in infamy. She will, she yeah. will be in the, uh, you know, the annals of infamy before, uh, before uh, forever. Forever. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Speaking of evil demons, John, here's another evil demon in the news this week that is causing a quite a ruckus in this country. 
talking about the case of um, Orange County, California, Judge M. Mark Kelly. Oh, a, no. Is he a relative of you? A Kelly? No, no. No, 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 no relationship at all. Okay. Well, that's good to know because this guy, talk. I, I don't know where he ate his breakfast uh, this day, but he, <laughs> he's been a judge, okay, for I think uh, 15 years on the bench in Orange County. Superior Court judge. Okay, he was um, overseeing the case of Kevin Rahano Nieto. Okay, and this uh, this was a 19-year-old man who was charged with raping and sodomizing a three-year-old girl. Can't, had, I, I mean, forget okay. about it. You how think does I'm, it get any worse? Go ahead. All right, this guy. All right, I mean, how does it get any worse? You're going to hear how it gets worse. This girl had, you know, this guy was playing video games. Speaking of video games, in his garage somewhere, you know, in California, and the girl somehow related to him as well. I don't know how they're related, distantly or close, but it wasn't his daughter. She wandered into the garage where he was playing the video games, you know, and wound up where. This guy got sexually stimulated by the girl, okay, and the video games he was playing, and he decided to rape her or sodomize yeah. her or both. Yeah. Right? And that was his excuse to the judge, right? That's, that's right. What, that's that's what caused him to uh, rape and sodomize this girl. Correct. Three-year-old now, girl. The jury, they convicted the guy, and, you know, he there was this, uh, a min, uh, I think a mandatory sentence of 25 years, okay? That was the mandatory minimum uh, for this, this this type of crime, this judge, this judge M. Mark Kelly, I want to get make sure that name is heard. He <laughs> said he wrestled with the case and finally decided that giving Rahano Nieto such a sentence, even though it was the mandatory minimum sentence under state law, would be cruel and unusual punishment. So he gave him ten years instead. Okay, this guy, this judge, actually. You know, empathized or sympathized with the criminal. Yeah, said, actually, that 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 that's incredible. He said he found the guy extremely remorseful, and it would be grossly disproportionate to, to put him in jail for twenty five years. This has got everybody pissed off, to say the least. What is going on? With this is not the first time we hear this about. This is a judge. What does it take to be a judge today? A pulse. Yeah, is that and, it? And, and, yeah, but, and 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 the other thing is, he blames this the girl. guy gets ten years. This girl gets a life sentence. Didn't that judge turn around and say, "Hey, look at, you know, there's something going on here." I mean, I don't think this girl was that uh, psychologically uh, harmed by this. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what he said. All this of a sudden, he's a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. Now he's a doctor. This is his his quote about that. So it's hard to, he was struggling with this. The girl seems to, appears to be a happy, healthy child. So it's hard to gauge how this crime may affect her mental state in the future, the judge said. It certainly may, but I hope it does not. It doesn't appear she suffered any serious violent physical injuries. And by all accounts, she appeared headed for a normal life. How the hell can you tell if a three-year-old is headed for a normal life? And what kind of balls does this guy have? To take a 25-year sentence that a jury handed down and make it 10. Yeah, he should he should resign. And and you know, again, talking about this little girl, it doesn't look like the little girl was affected. It goes back to what you were saying last week about disassociation. Exactly. She exactly right. She completely out. This guy out of touch, out of touch. And we don't know where this girl is going to wind up. But you know, I, the, 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 there's been an appeal filed, of course. 
And, you know, many, many people are signing petitions to get this guy off the bench. I mean, what is going on with these judges today? And they seem to, this guy empathized with a pedophile. He called him, he said he, well, he didn't meet the criteria for true pedophilia. Now here, Dr. 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 Judge here with his opinion again, you know, stick to the medic, let the medical people make the decisions and you, you stick with the law. Stick yeah. to the law. Yeah. Follow through on what the law says. What's that? He should you know, be taken off the bench because he didn't follow through with what the jury recommended. That's why you have a jury. Yeah, right. Well, what's the point then of a jury? You know, they're not going to listen to it. But that, you know, you have to wonder about this guy. What, you know, this, he, so he showed remorse and the girl seems fine. Yeah, give him 10 years. Okay. That girl. Yeah, he'll had, be out when he's what, 29? Well, he could be out, you know, yeah, 29. Or, or younger. Or, or younger. younger. Right. And you know what you're going to have? You're going to have a pedophile on the street or, is, or a rapist on the street who's going to know that the only way he can get caught is if there's a witness. So if he does act out, he's going to make sure that witness can't speak. He's going to kill him. Yeah, he will. And that's the saddest state of affairs. Now, the girl, she, the guy got caught because the girl ran to her mother crying out of the pain she was feeling after the rape occurred. I hate to leave everybody on that sour note this week, but if you see anything come through emails about petitions for an M. Mark Kelly to get him off the bench, pay attention to it, consider signing it, you know, and make, stand up and make a voice for ourselves. You know, we pay these people and we deserve to get what we want and the world, I don't know about the world, but this country is outraged. That's just, that is a crime. Your children deserve to be protected. And make sure that happens. Our children deserve to be protected. Bottom line. Maybe you know, parent and make sure they are protected. So, and on that note, John, it's time for us to go again. Well, I'll tell you, it went pretty quick. Thank you all for listening in. We really appreciate you tuning us in. Uh, have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a nice time. 